Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Forecast is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. What sort of future do you think we're heading for? How will we live as we slip into the 21st century? Welcome to Forecast, episode number 70. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm Scott Johnson. And once again, we get together with two smart people to talk about their visions of the future and talk about our own and uh, just have a, have a good time, have a good conversation. Usually something interesting comes out of it. And we have some great guests uh, joining us today. Magnus Yurt, website marketing manager, host of WetaCast, uh, the audio podcast for behind the scenes at the Weta Workshop. Welcome to the show, Magnus. Thank you. You'll forgive me if I don't try to pronounce your last name again. Yeah, that's fine. You can call me Magnus. All right. We'll refer you to Magnus. And, of course, Weta uh, are the the folks behind a lot of the special effects of movies, including most famously Lord of the Rings. That's right. Yeah. It's... um that is the most famous one. There's, there's many others, but that, yeah. Also joining us, uh, also from Weta, concept designer and 3D modeler Larry Greer. Uh, you've worked, uh, among other things, on District 9 and Avatar. Thanks for joining us on Forecast, Larry. Thanks for having me. And uh, we are going to get right into a prediction from one of our listeners. We'll get Magnus and Larry's uh, thoughts on that. Uh, let's Let's go right to that with Chuck writing in and says, I predict that in the not-so-distant future, maybe 50 years, we will communicate in the real world in much the same way we do now in MMORPGs. We will have communication implants installed in our brains that will operate through a global wireless communication system. We can communicate privately, as we do with a tell, or form groups, such as the five-man group in World of Warcraft. Or maybe there will be noisy and annoying trade channels that make me shudder we will be able to communicate instantly with family, so it would be home. It would be more difficult for kids to sneak off and do things behind our backs, spouses too, for that matter. So this might even reduce divorce rates in the future. The possibilities are mind-boggling, Scott. Love this prediction, Tom, because um, you and I are, are both World of Warcraft fans. I've been playing MMOs for a very long time, and the idea of this being in the future is not that crazy. However... We will need methods like these games have to go away from keyboard. I want to do a whatever the equivalent it is to slash AFK so I can step away from the, you know, all this communication. I don't want to be constantly in touch with everybody. Um, so if there's a way to do that and to kind of control that, then I think this would be this would be great. It like, makes a lot of sense. It's not that far from what we already do. I like the idea of putting my brain AFK. <laughs> uh, yeah, this would be away from I don't know what you'd call it. We'd have to have a name for this thing, but you know those kinds of things are always an issue. But I just, I just feel like we're I feel like we're a stone's throw from this kind of thing anyway. We're basically tethered all the time to some form of communication, and to tie that all into one kind of central communication method where we're all connected all the time doesn't seem like that far off. In fact, this may be sooner than he thinks or hopes. Larry, do you play uh, any MMORPGs, or or do you have a, a thought on this prediction? Uh, no, I don't uh, play any MMOs per se. I do a lot of gaming, but it's usually the more generic sort of first-person shooter type stuff. Just get in, get out, that kind of thing. Do you, yeah. Could you see yourself taking advantage of a system like this for for your brain, though? Um, I, I definitely think that uh, he's definitely on the right track. I think it's only going to, you know, 
it's only going to increase the kind of connectivity that we've, we've already seen. And I mean, I can, I can remember, you know, back, I can remember the first time I saw uh, a woman bring, uh, bust out a cell phone in the supermarket. And I thought, Oh, how rude, you know, um, are you that important that you need to uh, have a conversation while you're shopping? And now it's, I mean, there's a lot of people now probably don't think that's strange at all and grown up with it their whole lives, but I can remember those kind of moments and, you know, and from that time onward, everything's just increased and increased and increased. So I think it's a really, really good prediction. But I'm not that convinced that uh, within even 50 years, we're going to have some kind of uh, implant that uh, that's somehow wired into our nervous system. I think we've got a long ways to go uh, before we figure that kind of stuff out. Some sort Larry, of external device, yeah. Yeah, and aren't, aren't you kind of secretly hoping that the first-person shooter people don't get in on this? Because, those, you know, the Halo people and the Call of Duty people can be a little rough. So I'm hoping yeah. those guys stay away from this tech. That'd be good. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Yeah, but I, I doubt. It. I think they'll probably be the first people to embrace it. <laughs> You're probably like, right. Nothing like abusing somebody even uh, more than the way they've already got to. So. Magnus, what about you? I mean, we we could as podcasters take advantage of this for for recording uh, our our podcast just straight from the brain. Oh, that's actually not a bad idea. Hmm. Just think about that. It's um, I, I, I say keep your hands off my brain. To be honest, I mean it's um, it's the one thing I don't, I wouldn't particularly want mechanized or messed with or, or um, or in other ways tampered with. I reckon. Put put me in an exosuit any day, but but keep your hands off my brain. I I I, 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 can't, I can't see that people are going to want to do that until we can have brain backups. I agree with you. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, but you can probably do that now. I saw the other day that you can you can now print print a kidney using a machine, uh, a fully functioning kidney. Yeah, they did that so, on stage at TED. Yeah, yeah. So um, why not? I mean, it's um, if you if you could just have a, a backup to to plonk in if you get too too many of the gamers um, trying to to sort of hack your mind, um, that might be good. All right. Thanks to Chuck uh, for sending along the prediction. Good thought-provoking stuff. You can send us your predictions as well. Email forecastpodcast at gmail.com or post it up on our blog, forecastpodcast.com. Scott, shall we get into the short-term predicting? I think we should, and here's why, Tom. In the last couple of weeks, this world has been kind of depressing, and so I'm excited to talk about the future, maybe some optimistic turns in our uh, in our near and, and close term future, so I say let's go. All right, we'll start with you, uh, Larry. Short term prediction or things you think will happen sooner than later. We don't like to put like a, a, a very strict time limit on it, but but just when you look in the short term, what do you see? Um, well, going back to that email that that guy just sent in, I mean, I think I think we're definitely going to see a kind of thing where um, you can be sort of you know I, I, I've been thinking for a while now because I live in New Zealand, but um, you know I'm from California. And uh, it's expensive to fly. And so there's been like periods of time where I haven't been able to get back for like three years. And I've thought for a while now that um, some kind of thing where, you know, like the entire wall of a, of a room could turn into what very much like what we're doing right now. So where, uh, you know, and Thanksgiving comes around, I just push my table up against the wall. Family back home pushes their table up against the wall. And you kind of have that kind of experience of actually being in the same room together. Or even if it's not, even if, 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 you just wanted to say, like, hang out with a friend. Um, you could both turn on your walls, and even if you were just like reading a book and not really hanging out with them, but just so that their presence is there. I think something like that's gone, probably going to take off because you can just see that like people really like being connected. You know, I mean, with with Facebook and all these all the explosion of the internet, you can just see that just increasing, increasing. So I, I think we're probably going to see something like that. 
Um, not not terribly exciting prediction, but um, but I, yeah, I, I think well, I disagree. I think that sounds like fun. Um, I think it's it's a natural extension of some of the stuff we're already doing, and I think um, yeah, I keep bringing up gaming today. It seems like it's kind of almost a game themed show a little bit, but there is a lot of there are a lot of things happening in gaming that point toward a future like that. Um, certainly, uh, the gaming industry would benefit from such uh, technologies and, and those kinds of connections between players and people. Um, that I could see this spreading all over the place. It could be something really big and pretty, you know, like you say, short term. I could see this happening in the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd have seen the explosion of co-op, co-op gaming. For, you know, probably just for that reason. It's just uh, kind of fun. Oh, MMOs have been around forever, but. I think a, like a, a simple example is um, I played uh, Red Dead Redemption all the way to where I 100%ed it. That was my thing. I'm going to 100% this game. And I got to the very end, and you end up like on this unicorn, and you're riding along, and there's this rainbow trail coming off. And uh, and I realized like I didn't really have a way to share that moment with anybody else that was playing Red Dead Redemption. I just What I ended up having to do is get out my um, digital camera, back up from my TV, take a picture of my uh uh, myself on my unicorn from a bunch of different angles and then I posted it on my website and then I linked it in IRC to everybody that I hang out with. So it was a it's a real disconnected way of, it would just be real nice if there was just that real immediate way of sharing things with people. Well, I can tell you this, uh, the online ser- or on live service is trying to change this and they're trying to change it in a way that um, is is very much about sharing the experience. So they, they want you to rent games and play games with their new service, but they're also using their technology to stream real time people playing these games. And it'd be a great way for you in Red Dead, for example, which was an incredible game, uh, to be able to share that in real time with a bunch of people, even if they can't play with you, to still be able to sort of see that. So I, I think you're probably right on what we're going to start seeing as a chunk of bandwidth being reserved and, and used for these kinds of experiences. And the same thing could be said for people's weddings and childbirth and all kinds of other sort of real-life activities that aren't necessarily, you know, gaming-related. Um, yeah, but I, th- I honestly think that's probably where it'll start, is gaming, is my, is my expectation. Well, like they're saying here, and I see they're talking about Justin TV, and, and that's true. You know, there's been times when I've, I'm just sort of rendering something. I don't have to have the part of my brain where I think at work, at work here where we can just, like, paint up something. And I'll have, some, I'll have just, you know, like when new games come out, but I'm at work and I can't play. Like when, I remember when Grand Theft Auto 4 came out and I had to work, I pulled up Justin TV and I had it on my second monitor. I was just watching some random dude play it. And it was just really fast. You know, it's just really fascinating. It's a way to kind of like experience it. So, yeah. Yeah, it kind of slakes your thirst a little bit until you yeah, can actually uh, get to, to play yourself, doesn't it? it it's, kind of like, um, it's kind of like Big Brother, isn't it, in a way? It's um, there was a fascination the first couple of years when <clears throat> when Big Brother was on that you sat and you, you actually watched people sleep um, for hours and hours and hours on end um, and then watched them talk about it afterwards. Um, I don't know. I've, I've been living in a country that doesn't have Big Brother for years now, so I don't know what, what happened to that in the end. But um, but in the beginning, I was fascinated by the fact that you could just sit there and watch someone do nothing. Wouldn't it be sad if they were still in that house and just nobody was watching and they didn't realize it? Yeah, yeah I, I never actually saw them leave, so it yeah. may be very true. It's quite possible, actually. Yeah. I, I was going to show you an, an example of, of how always in motion the future is. Um, I, I started thinking about this show about a week ago, and um, I was watching the, the, the footage from the um, tsunami in Japan, and I thought, well, um, my prediction is that someone is seriously going to start thinking about uh, nuclear power now. Um, but then this week I was watching the news, and um, there's no talk about nuclear power anymore. Um so my prediction kind of fell flat. 
<laughs> well, okay, you know, I, there's, there's still kind of some like talk going on. There's right, not right? issues. It's, it's not an issue. It's not important. Right. Well, right. With, with the the problem was that uh, nuclear power uh, suddenly turned out to not be exploding and turning Japan into uh, an entirely irradiated island, and so th- that's not a story. The fact that it's no. you know they're hooking up power and getting the pumps working, nobody's interested in that. No. No. Uh, yeah. so, um, people like yeah. it when stuff's working or when when it's working nobody cares and when it's not working we all want to go to whatever extreme we can to stop whatever it is that's happening but do you do you really feel like i don't it's hard to say because i know the news isn't giving it as much thought or as much uh air airtime but I, I there's got to be a lot of discussion about a the 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 risks uh, of what happened or the bad things that happened there uh-huh. and then looking at what did go right and how it went right and what they could do to improve that in the future and then showcasing that somewhere that hey this is a safe you know way to to bring power to a nation or a country or a continent or whatever um in their case an island so so it it seems like that stuff should be ongoing but i guess we won't know if it is because we're not hearing about it Uh, it's it's always ongoing here in new zealand because new zealand chose very early on to become a nuclear free um nation we we, they have the luxury of of doing that here because they've got a lot of um thermal uh, thermal or what's it called thermal power thermal power waterfalls too yeah waterfalls um and and um, and all that sort of thing so obviously it's it's not needed as badly here as everywhere else but we still burn coal um which which probably isn't such a good idea um either um, and um, as I, when I grew up in Sweden, we had a, a referendum about nuclear power in Sweden, which really it, it becomes a really emotional um, issue. This for, for I think for the reason that no one really understands it. Right, and we, we we can understand the risk of coal smoke, right? We we, we think we can. It, it it seems to us like, oh, I understand. Smoke goes in the air, it's bad, I breathe it in, it gets on stuff. Radiation is just scary, and people lose their logical faculties when they, when they start to talk about mm. it. Uh, because, like you say, very few people understand it at all, and mm. you may be right that nobody understands it entirely, at least on the quantum mm. level. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. So I'm, I'm just wondering if, if, if in the future, is there a, a, an energy source that we haven't tapped yet that um, we could use? Well, bananas actually uh, emit quite a lot of radiation <laughs> themselves because of the potassium in them. So I'm thinking All right. banana power. <laughs> yeah, I did something with a potato in school. I remember that. I stuck something in a potato and it made a little bulb glow. Potato yeah. power. Potato did power. That, that, that could save us all. Well, let's let's get to your short-term prediction, uh, Magnus. Uh, while we're while we're talking this direction, what 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 did you end up settling on uh, since you gave up on the nuclear prediction? Well, I, I probably settled on on thinking that uh, humans tend to get on with things, and um, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter that much what what happens. We we, we change um, to the left or the right by by sort of a, a degree, and we we keep on going as if as if nothing happened. Um, and I think that's probably uh, probably the way we're headed. It, it's not much of a prediction, I know, but it's um, um, we have these things. We we have um, there's swine flus and there's bird flus and there's all sorts of natural disasters and stuff. And and yet I can't really think that I'm maybe I've got a few more bottles of water stashed away in my house in weird places now than I did sort of five years ago. Um, but. Uh, yeah, the, the human race tends to to sort of um, soldier on, and I think that's 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 what we're going to be doing for for the for the near future. Obviously, if you if you um, uh, extend that into um, 
further into the future, like we're going to be talking about soon, then, then um, um, as a comparison, obviously a lot will have changed. But um, uh, I think it's it's um, the future is um, very similar to the now. It's my prediction. Interesting. So we're going to obviously we're going to stay more the same than we are uh, going to change. And this comes up a lot on the show in different different kind of ways. We talk about crazy futures of you know, teleportation and, and making food with a machine that doesn't need anything but hydrogen and air and then boom, there's, there's our food and, and those kinds of things. But they all still sort of depend on this, this human component, which is, you know, how, how long is our attention span open <laughs> and how, are we turning it off quicker and uh, more quickly and more quickly as time goes on? And I would kind of argue that we, we sort of are, and I think you're kind of arguing toward that, that you know, what is a news cycle today is a lot shorter than it was when I was, say, in high school. And I hate to be talking like that because it makes me sound like a geezer. But it's just it's just true that we get information so quickly now and so rapid fire that we we can't hold it very long or we get really tired of it really quick. And, you know, that is to say in, in 1985, had Charlie Sheen gone crazy then, that would have probably been interesting for another couple of months because it would have been a slower burn. Now we are just so sick of it that a week into it, we're done. We don't want to hear from the guy anymore. Um, you know, it's that kind of thing. We have this shorter attention span, uh, at least collectively. Do you feel like our ability to change is so hindered by that that we'll not reach greater heights or greater invention or greater success as, as a race of thinkers and, and scientists and achievers? And, and, you, and you guys work at a company where you guys achieve incredible things all the time that are, I mean, incredible and creative endeavors, and you, and you blow people's mind with it, and it sets new standards. Uh, just translate that to the human, to the human race. Are we, are we capable of setting those new standards, or is your prediction that we're, we're stuck behind? We're not going to do it. Uh, no, if anything, I think we're actually changing more now and, and, uh, than we did 100 years ago. 100 years ago, from, from year to year, I think they changed a lot less. Um, I look at my grandparents. I don't think they changed much in the last 30 years of their lives, and, and probably not in the 30 years before that either. Um, but um, so, so I think now, be, because we get our minds blown on a regular basis, probably about, I don't know, once a month in, in sort of properly, um, and, and once a week by something minor, um, then I, I think we do, we do make these adjustments left or right or, or whatever more now than before and I, th I think we are more flexible and more dynamic than we than we used to be but as a race um uh, or at least in i should say in the western world this is um this is going to vary uh, significantly between different cultures and different places on the planet but but we who are exposed to this this um the, the media frenzy and and are left to our own devices to sort of weed out the the, the good from the bad i think we 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 are changing a lot more but we're still not, uh, it's still not groundbreaking changes or anything like that. I mean, we're not changing on the same sort of speed or level as technology or, or science or medicine or anything like that. It's, it's, um, we, we're pretty much the, the solid constant in the middle of all that change. Larry, what do you think? Uh, I think this is an interesting prediction that that we just sort of carry on and, and the events around us will get stranger and weirder and more unexpected. But we as humans don't change that much. We just sort of adapt to it and, and carry on in our own way. Is that Do you see us going along that same path as well? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, without bringing up the big S word of singularity. Um, it's near. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, in some ways, I'd argue that it, that it's already here and we don't realize it. I mean, I think uh, 
you know, I, I've noticed that more and more people are completely offloading anything they used to have to remember onto their little external devices. You know, it's like um, I, I think when I went back to the United States like three years ago on a trip and my parents had moved out to Arkansas and we had rented this car, my brother and I, and I, if before that point, I'd always been the kind of person that got somewhere and tried to know exactly where they were by looking at a map so that I could kind of, you know, keep track of where I was. This was the first time that we just got in the car and we just let the, um, the little device in the car tell us exactly where my, my mom lived. We just followed it and it told us, the GPS told us where to go and we just did it. And I see that more and more with, you know, like when you're just out loud at dinner having conversations with people and you're trying to think of a band, you know, in the past you would have really like racked your brain about it. Now everybody just pulls out their phone and goes, oh, that band is such and such or whatever. So um, I, I think these kind of changes are here. And I think that people that are like young, young, you know, if you grow up, if you're born today and you grow up in it, you'll just adapt. It'll always be quite normal. And um, and so, yeah, I, I at the end of the day, I think I think Magnus is right. It's always going to be like these little incremental changes, but the constant is just going to be that people people adapt and they figure it out. Well, even if uh, big changes happen and we stay the same, uh, th- we want to know what these big changes are. So, Magnus, let's move on to the long-term predictions. Uh, these are more of the hundreds of years out or longer, if you want. Uh, what's What sort of thing do you see when you look that far down the road? Hmm. I, I kind of... Um that's that's the predictions that I have the most the most trouble with, to be honest, um, because it's it's if you change a degree now, uh, like I was going rabbiting on about before, if you change a degree now, obviously in two hundred years, that's I don't know, full circle. Um, so um, that's um, yeah. What, 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 what have other people said? I'm, I'm I'm willing to comment here, but my my own prediction um, is well, that I have absolutely no idea where we're. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the first honest me. person to admit I haven't a clue what's going to happen. No, no, Usually we get we get people no, yeah, to, yeah. saying like, "Oh, we're going to be growing our own meat in test tubes. There's going to be war over water oh. because we run out of oil." And yeah, I mean that you can you can extrapolate all all of the weird and crazy things that we do now. You can extrapolate them and go, "Okay, um, I mean test tube baby." When I was growing up, test tube baby to me sounded awesome because you, it, to me it sounded like you were growing a baby in a test tube. Um, it was only years later that I found out that wasn't the case at all. It was only sort of the conception that was um, in a laboratory, and the rest was was actually quite natural. Um, but obviously, and now um, um, we we see in the neonatal clinics around the world, you can um, you, call, you can call it a life sooner and sooner, um, and and the, the the extension of this, the extrapolation of this, is obviously that um, uh, in the end you get the test tube baby. Um, you don't actually you don't actually have any any need for the other processes there because we've now down to more of maybe 23, 24 weeks of pregnancy. You can you can still give a baby a, a, a viable life, and and if you if you keep going in that direction, then obviously yeah. It'll be a, a property test you, baby, we're talking about. Well, here's a, here's a question for you that's kind of uh, more in your wheelhouse. Um, and we've had others try to predict this, but it seems like you guys, if anybody in this room would know uh, or have a, a better prediction about this, I, I can't think of anyone else who would. Um, pressure. How fa- yeah, no pressure. How far off do you really think that we might be from the ability for us to create an artificial, let's just keep it in movies, an artificial actor, an actor who is not there. And I don't just mean mo-capped or any of that stuff, but somebody who is truly artificial and there's maybe even AI involved in the performance or whatever. 
but so artificial that there is no, we, we go, oh, goodness, there's no more Uncanny Valley. That looks like a dude. He looks like he's talking to the other dude. And we're already good at environment, so that's all covered. We're good. How far away are we from from that realization and we don't need Robert De Niro anymore or whoever? I, I think, I think the, the, the hardest part um, of that equation is, is, um, is voice. Um, that, that's the one thing that hasn't been done properly um, artificially, I reckon. Voices are just such a... a I don't know. Such a difficult thing to do. I think. I think the look of things, and and um, you can get. Uh, I mean, computers to make actors do things that seem real um, and seem um, autonomous, maybe. Um, but the voice, I think, is is the biggest issue. So, uh, J- uh, Jerry, what do you think about that? I mean, you model this stuff. I was pretty impressed in District Nine, which I know you worked on, and I remember thinking, "Wow, this." This is a step in that direction. He's an alien, okay, sure, but there is so much so much personality there, and in a very real way, a voice was applied that was not meant to sound like us, but it was one that was believable and felt right for the character and all of this. So, how how far do you think we are from such a thing? Um, I think we're still a ways off. If you're talking about actually interacting with interacting with this actor in a way that AI would, I think that's still ways, ways off. But I mean, as far as like trying to get something that overcomes the uncanny valley, I mean, I think we're sort of, we, we could be there right now. It's just a matter of money, right? Like Avatar costs $400 million and, you know, a vast majority of that money, aside from what they spent on marketing, was spent on, you know, 800 people over at Digi making that, you know, come to life and, and, be, and, and feel real. So, um, I'd say, uh, yeah, I think I'd agree with Magnus about the voice, but I, I, I think we could get there if we threw a lot more money and a lot more people at it. But um, I still think the AI portion of it's just a little ways off. So if we had actors voicing it, uh, and we had, uh, and 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 we weren't worried about interacting live, we could just direct it. It's a director's dream, right? The actor does exactly what you want. Uh, we're pretty close. Then it sounds like. Well, um, definitely, and I think um, games, I think, are really, really pushing that because, I mean, I think the exciting thing is really doing things real-time, right? Because we've been talking a lot here in this industry about um, basically if you sort of build a set digitally and you actually have actors kind of um, actually even with controllers, you can do quite like second unit type stuff where it's just maybe from a distance you just need the people to kind of like walk across a scene. You could just have a bunch of people with controllers, and as long as the animation cycles looked proper and you could capture it real time, um, then that could go straight to a movie. And so that's a lot easier to do than somebody having to keyframe animate everything. So, um, but as far as like close-ups on people and uh, trying to, you know, the thing is, is all of us, our entire lives, are are so in tune with looking at the human face that. Every little, you know, there's all these like kind of subtle things that happen in the eyes and around the eyes and around the mouth that it's just really, really hard to to, to try to duplicate um, from scratch. And so, um, uh, I, you know, it, it can be done, but like I said, you just have to throw a lot of people at it. And um, but see how it goes. I mean, I think we're definitely we're, we're close. We're closer. But again, about the AI thing, I think that's where it kind of trips me up. I think we're still a ways out. All right, Larry, let's move over to your uh, long-term prediction. When you look in the 100-year time frame or, or longer, uh, what do you see? Um, you know, it, it's funny being asked that kind of stuff because, like, here 
uh, at our job, we, we get thrown um, science fiction movies all the time. And, and you know, you kind of think, okay, well, these, these big ideas and all this kind of stuff. But it's, what's interesting about the job that we do is actually we're, we're given these constraints because usually, you know, there's sort of either a story or an idea where the kind of thing takes place. And then from that, we extrapolate off of that. So, like, for instance, with Avatar, you know, like here, if, if we were told from scratch, hey, design this alien world and have these aliens, we probably would not have come up with big blue cat people. Um, but once we're told, okay, it's going to be big blue cat people, then from there we start to, to sort of extrapolate. And, um, and from that we try to, like, kind of bring in realism because oftentimes in science fiction, like, you know, when you have these, like, really kind of strange ideas, it's very important to try to find those things that people can be familiar with or they can um, they can grab onto and hold onto so the thing isn't too trippy. It's not like an acid trip or something like that. So, you know, it, for, for me personally, it's really, you know, without bringing up singularity again, I do think it's becoming harder and harder to predict that far out in the sense that, like, uh, you know, 200 years ago, if somebody had said, okay, you're going to be able to travel, say, you know, across the ocean much faster, everybody could sort of, they could sort of picture that it would be a boat or some kind of vehicle and then it would do that kind of thing. I think, you know, nowadays it's very, very, very hard to kind of like predict what's, what's going to even happen, say two years, three years out. And I think that that time gap is just kind of like closing down and closing, closing down. So I don't know. I think I'm going to have to um, cop out on this one and say, I'm not quite sure. I mean, uh, I think the one thing I would say would be a little bit pessimistic, and that is the sense that I think I, I don't hold out much hope. I, I think there's a race. There's a race between where technology is going and where humans as a species are going and able to come together and get along. I think it's sort of a race because my prediction is that, you know, going out 100 years or even further is that we're pretty much doomed unless we figure the human part out because, and the reason I say that is because I, you know, it, it, it took probably thousands and thousands of people to all degree to make a nuclear, nuclear weapons that we've all made. And it takes, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people to make that decision about, about using them. But I can see a time way out in the future where when technology becomes more and more understandable, and if you could get that, uh, that number of people down to say like 15 people, they all had to make it, and they all agreed that they wanted to go ahead and start off some kind of reaction that would just wipe out the world. I think it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, we already got yeah. that job out there that would do it, right? So they just don't have so, the, the means to do it. So I'm, that, that's my worry with technology. And I, and I think, uh, you know, we're probably living in a really good time because in the past, you know, you had to worry about disease and pestilence and all these kind of things. And through science and technology, we've sort of sorted a lot of that kind of stuff out so you can have a long kind of healthy life. And we're not at that point where, you know, there's these like crazy technologies that 15 nut jobs in some underground lab have figured out how to nuke the world. And so, I don't know, that's sort of, that's sort of where I'm sitting with like the, I, I'm a little bit pessimistic. pessimistic I, think it'd be, I think it'd be pretty fun to go back about 200 years. And this kind of gives me hope about the future in a weird way. If you go back a few hundred years and explain to people indoor plumbing and how awesome that's going to be. And explain to them how electricity is going to be this omnipotent thing that anybody can get anywhere uh, or most places. And ex try to explain to somebody what an iPhone will be. Or better yet, be able to go back and have people who surely at some point sat around in a circle and said... What do you think the future is going to be like? And then, you know, they kind of go crazy with their ideas. 
my guess is none of them would have had any of it right. There may have been some some predictions that were like, well, you know, horse-drawn carriages will get faster because somehow we'll have better horses. But maybe that sort of translates into eventually there'll be these big metal machines called we call cars or or whatever. But the fact that we have a really hard time now, and, and, and this has come up on the show before, but we have a hard time now figuring out what a prediction should be for 100 or 200 years from now. I don't. I think that's just who we are. And because we're so incremental, like Magnus says, we're so incremental with our changes that we can't predict them. They're, they're difficult to predict that far out. And that makes me think that, there's, that that far out is still out there, but it's a future I have a really hard time seeing. And I don't know, something about that's comforting means, means we're in less trouble than we think that we are. I don't know why I take, I take some solace in that, but for whatever reason that, uh, that, that always gives me a little bit of hope is that we're just like, you know, just like some guy in the old West, let's say somebody 1820 sitting by his fire trying to predict airplanes. He just can't do it. You know, it's just what, how would that ever pop into his head? It had to come slow. And so our crazy stuff will come slow too. I don't know what I'm really saying, but. I think you're saying you it's know, time it's, to, to move. Uh, go ahead, Larry. No, no, yeah. yeah, that I mean, I, I definitely think that as far as like the future, you know, going along, much like we've all been discussing, I think of that, that I 100% agree that I'm just thinking that like, you know, if, if you think of, if you think about our planet and like how hard it would, it, it you know, like terraforming Mars is basically not going to ever happen because, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have a, a magnetic core to keep off. Um, the effects of space and you know so we're, we're stuck here for a long time and for me it's just that kind of that race between will we wipe ourselves out before we figure things out as a species but as far as like you know just ambling along yeah i think i, I definitely would agree with that magnus you were going to say something yeah, I just want to say something quick. I mean, we, we have a, um, uh, a guy here at Weather Workshop called Greg Broadmoor, um, who has created a, a universe called um, Dr. Broadboard's Infallible Ether Oscillators. Um, and, um, and this is sort of an, an anachronism of sorts. It's, it's, it's uh, what people 100 years ago might think the future was like. So it's a little bit about what we're talking about here. And, and it's, um, it is quite interesting to see how... Um, if, if you just go back 100 years and look at what people thought the, the future was going to be, it was going to be rockets, it was going to be space travel. It was always, it was always a, a question of um, exploring and conquering conquering the unknown. And, and, and as our knowledge of the unknown obviously grows and, and we become fascinated with the, the tiny little details of everything, I think that the, 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 the future, obviously, if, if you compare it to 100 years ago, the future for us now is more about... Um, the inside of things and the, the, the smaller things and then improving stuff that we know because we kind of think we know um, a lot about everything when um, and, and we sort of um, the more you know about something the more you sort of have to find detail to to keep going and to keep keep it interesting yeah and we, we also tend to assume that trends will continue forever uh, in the 80s people thought well the Soviet Union will be around for a long time and the Eastern Bloc countries that's not going to fall very easily and then it turns out in the, in the late 80s it turned on a dime 
uh, and suddenly there was no Soviet Union and there was no communism in Eastern Europe anymore. Uh, or, or we just thought miniaturization. Uh, the Japanese are amazing at miniaturization. Everything's just going to keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And here, actually, it's, it's turned out that some things have done that and other things like televisions have gotten huger and huger. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I think it's a good point. It's, it's, it, it's very difficult to, uh, to pick up on those trend lines and figure out where they're going to turn and when when things are going to to change quickly, uh, which is why we have a crazy ass prediction segment of the show, which is to say you don't have to be even close to accurate. Uh, just come up with something that's that's wacky uh, that that entertains you uh, that that you can throw out there as your prediction. And and Magnus, we'll we'll start with you on, on this one. Just just take take your brain off the logical hook and and give us your craziest prediction. Mm. It'll have to be um, when I when I saw um, Wally for the first time. I thought that's what the future is going to be. Um, the um, there's a, there's a huge ship that just takes us all away, but it's not going somewhere. It's just waiting for stuff to sort themselves out. I was watching a program um, I don't know, a few months ago about what would happen to Earth if people didn't exist. It was a very interesting program, and it would only take about 50 years because there was uh, before there was no trace at all of humans on this planet, including buildings, nuclear power plants, um, etc. So I don't think that I think in, in the Wally movie you, you, they're actually gone for hundreds or even thousands of years. Um, I, I don't think we, we we really need to be gone that far but i, I think it's um the, the human race will find a way to to just uh, dump it leave it behind go somewhere else wait a little bit and then come back and start over again i like this i like the idea of coming back and saying you know what how here's how we fix the earth we leave and i i know that series uh, they showed it on discovery here in the u.s where I, it was like life after people or something like that mm. and, and yeah it was yeah. amazing how quickly the earth doesn't care the earth doesn't have a moral sense of punishing us the earth just wants to correct so as soon as we're out of the way it's it quickly heals everything yeah that's that's what i'm kind of hoping and guessing interesting so we could i mean we could literally leave for whatever, maybe we'll figure out how long that takes. Let the thing refresh itself. Come back and screw it all up and all over again. I can't wait for this. This is a great future. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a reboot. So, Larry, does that, does, uh, before we get to your prediction, does that prediction uh, from Magnus feel right to you? Does that, does that contradict any of your sort of uh, singularity sla- or, you know, human, humans are all going to die kind of uh, a future? Well, in a way, I mean, I guess I you know, hope I'm not contradicting myself, but I think that my big prediction would be something along those lines of that you know, I, I think definitely will become transhuman or we'll, we'll, you know, we will leave our machines behind um, and that will, yeah, or we'll merge with them in some way, you know, not in a silly kind of Borg type way, but um, yeah, I, I when you say leave them behind, you mean like we just literally leave this planet, or do you mean we just like nope, that's it, we're done with machines. We have these huge landfills. Let's bury them. Done. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's you know if we're talking a long, 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 long time span, I think it would just be a slow kind of fusion away, probably a Neanderthal mixed with Homo sapiens sapien or something like that. I think we'll, that's essentially probably where we're headed. We'll just fuse with technology in a way. I'm not sure exactly how or what that will look like, but I definitely think that that's that's probably, you know, it, to me, it's almost an inevitability. And Weta Studio, Studios will make it happen is, what, is my <laughs> my prediction. Weta uh, Studios Cybernetic <laughs> Replacement uh, Division will be spun so off. We'll make, to make it appear as if it's happening at least. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
That's great. So is that uh, your? Is that your... Throw it back over. Yeah, is that your big prediction, or uh, where, what do you? Uh, what else do you see in the far flung crazy uh, future? Uh, yeah, that's my that's my big prediction. I think that we're, we'll definitely eventually go transhuman and uh, and fuse in some way fuse with technology. It'll be a, it'll be a long way out, but I think that that's probably inevitable. Is there room I mean, for any you're, happiness you're, 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 for you're us human beings? You already see it now. Just, oh, sorry, oh, no, I was just going to say, is there? Uh, do we? Is it a future we, we're going to want? Do you think it's going to be one where we can find sort of? I don't know if the word's happiness, but find satisfaction in that kind of future at all as a race. Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, we wouldn't, if we were transported there, we would just wouldn't be able to relate to it at all. But it'll be such a gradual implementation that, you know, the people that are born into it or just merge into that, they'll, they'll, it'll just be normal for them. It'd be the, you know, the same thing if you take somebody from 2,000, 2,000 years ago and you brought them forward, um, they'd probably feel, they'd probably maybe understand a little bit what they're looking at, but they'd just feel really uncomfortable. Everything they know and love, anything that they held any, any value or comfort for them is completely gone. So, you know, for us sitting here, yeah, I think it's just, you know, we will, probably would want to be there. But for the people of that time that are existing in that time, they'll probably get that. Just be normal. It's the way things are. Magnus, I know you were trying to say something and we got a little lag yeah, there. Just, I just wanted to say that. One of my, I mean, in my crazy future, a couple of years before all this other happens and Armageddon and we fly into space, etc., they'll actually start making toasters that can handle all different sizes of bread. So not not Cylons toasters, but actual bread toasters. Bread toasters. That's the craziest uh, prediction we may have had on this show. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. How how can we have non-standard bread sizes? Shouldn't we be moving towards standardization? I I mean, even even bread that's labeled as toast bread quite often has a, a bit of it sticking out the top. Tom, how can you tell me what size of bread I can have? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Toast See, free or I die. Just, I just did it. Don't toast on me. <laughs> All right. Uh, I believe, Scott, it is time for four questions. This is time for four questions. This is a chance for us to ask four questions rapid fire style. You do not have a chance to think too much about these questions. Say what is in your gut, your first reaction. I'm going to start with Magnus. Sir, are you sitting comfortably? I am. All right, here are your four questions. Is there a you shall not pass sign on any of the doors where you work? Yes. <laughs> I knew that had to be I know, true. I know that's a fact, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm sure. We have lots of signs here. All right, excellent. I promise it's the only Lord of the Rings question I'm going to ask. Uh, will we ever have fully, fully artificial projected personal pets? Again? Will we ever have fully artificial, uh, excuse me, will we ever have artificial fully, uh, I guess I'll take the word fully out. Will we ever have artificial pets that are projections that aren't real, but that we take everywhere with us that we feed and pet and they become important companions? Will we ever have those? Like Tamagotchi, you mean? Yeah, kind of, except more cool and like, you know, like a little troll that looks like he's sitting right next to me and he's all animated and stuff. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Good. So far, so good. Uh, Which makes more sense, continent-to-continent air flight or underwater oceanic transport tubes? (laughs) Oh, the latter, actually. I like that idea. You could probably get over here more often. It's it's actually faster. Yeah, it'd be faster, right? Everything we need to know about the future we learned on Futurama. Finally, 
What uh, or will time travel ever work? If not, why? If yes, why? Uh, nah. Um, <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, it won't. It won't. Um, because once we, uh, what are we going to make movies about? Good point. Good point. It's, that trope it's, will go it's away, won't it? Oh, well, we if yeah. we could time travel, we could do a lot of great documentaries. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we could. But everyone could do that. That would be, yeah. And I don't know. I don't think so. Something Can you imagine, though, that documentaries about the Civil War being f filmed at the Civil War? That's a brilliant idea. Love it, Tom. Nice work. Way to go, Magnus. You've, you've graduated from four questions. Nice job. Oh, thank you. All right, Larry, uh, you, are, you are up next. Uh, are you sitting comfortably? I am. I lean back, but I'll come forward if I have to think hard. Good. Then, we, uh, then we'll begin. No, stay comfortable. Uh, question number one. When will we finally switch to 4D and 5D modeling? And will future artists need to study string theory to do so? Uh, a long ways out and maybe. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, but it's a long way out. And you'll need an extra brain, too. Yeah. Mm. No. Question number two. What will be the first extraterrestrial location humans settle on? Ooh, that's a tough one. I guess probably the moon because it's the closest. Yeah, it seems it seems likely. If we don't all die out first. Or we may just be on the ship Magnus is talking about. I don't know. Uh, question number three. A thousand years from now, will historians mistakenly look on District 9 as a documentary? <laughs> uh, that'd be cool if they did, yeah. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. We've I had... Mean, if, you, if you look back at like some of the things that we've made mistakes about, yeah, it could happen. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's hilariously possible. Also, I, I, uh, in relation to that, several people in the chat room have been encouraging me uh, to insult you as a prawn. But I, I think you're not actually a prawn, right? No, no. And the funny thing about that is uh, we didn't hear here at workshop. You know, we had gone. We're the tip of the spear as far as like uh, designing movies. And so we're the first people on it. And we didn't actually even know about prawns until basically the movie came out because we weren't calling them prawns at the time. So that's a little bit, a little too good. Did you have, oh, did you have an that. internal uh, nickname for them? Yeah. Um, I called them, I called them sticks, but that was just my thing. But um, ah, even really. dirtier than calling them prawns. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were kind of stick like now that you mention it. That's, that's awesome. I was hoping we get a little like inside baseball from the, uh, from the effects yeah. house tonight. And there, there it is right there. All right. And uh, question number four, uh, what is our best bet to prevent the robot uprising? Our best bet um, would probably be to stop all robots now. Do you advocate that? Do you think we, that, that we should just better be safe than sorry? Or <laughs> No, no, no. I don't know. I mean, I guess you get into the, the three laws of robotics or something like that. You right. Kinda, you know, I, I, I'm actually... I'm personally not that afraid of robots. Um, That's the first no. mistake. <laughs> but, uh, exactly, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one. All right. Well, very good. Thank you uh, for playing four questions. Uh, very very well done, Larry. And, uh, and thank you for being on Forecast. We're done. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure having you guys along. Uh, Magnus, you are the uh, host of Wetacast. Let folks know where they can find it and how they can listen. 
Uh, yeah, they, they're, they're very lucky if they can find anything recent because, um, unfortunately, my co-host Daniel Falker and I have, have um, been uh, busy recently. Um, Daniel creating movies and, and me with all sorts of other things. But we have our website, wetanz.com or nz.com if you're in North America. Um, and um, there's, um, there's, it's full of links to the, to the podcast. We, we have about 17 episodes or something with interviews of actors and other and other people who we, we meet around the workshop. Excellent. Nice. And I, I, I really have enjoyed a couple of the episodes you've put up. So I'm, I'm, I'm eager cool. to see you get, get back to putting them up again. Yeah. We, we're working on a slightly new format so that we, there's less editing for me. Ah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the bottleneck, I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. We've and, been kind to our, our uh, interviewees. We, we actually let them stumble and start over again. In the future, I think we'll try and do it live. I think this is the way to go. Yeah, it, that's why we do it this way. It's just, you know, <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. it's live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've had those thoughts as we've been doing this interview here, and I'm, it's, it's, it's actually a very good idea. <laughs> All right. And uh, Larry Greer, uh, concept designer, 3D modeler. Uh, you've worked on, on movies like we mentioned, District 9, as well as Avatar. Uh, anything that you've got online that people can find to learn more about what you do? Um, you could go to my website and look at uh, drawings I do, and that's uh, pushback.org. But good luck here. Let me try to spell it out and hold it up. It's with a K at the, instead of yeah, a CK, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Let me get this. Oh, he's going to do it. You're going to do your own on screen graphic for us. Oh, I love it. Do we have to pay you for this? Or uh, is this no, a, I mean, it's a freebie. Sorry. That's how you spell it. If you can see that. Yeah. P U S H B A K dot org, yeah. right? The other thing is, is uh, me and my brother made a video game. So if anybody out there plays um, Half Life 2 games and they want to play a mod, that one right there, you see it says Neo Tokyo? Yeah. Oh, I heard of Neo Tokyo. Yeah, that was me and my brother. Oh, I'm a big, big fan. Uh, yeah, that's, that's great. The, that that's a that's a pretty popular and the source engine's way fun to work in. That's cool. You guys did that. I had no idea. Yep, yep. That's awesome. Well, excellent. Cool. Thank you both uh, for being on the show, Scott. Any business we got to take care of before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. Uh, just enjoyed being with you and our guest today. Um, just a, a, a brief mention that uh, for those out there who are interested in attending Nerdtacular 2011, the yearly Frog Pants event that I hold and that Tom is coming to, I will be um, there. Yeah, you uh, you can get tickets now, nerdtacular.com. Uh, get yours reserved now if you are interested in coming. <clears throat> it's going to be a full day of fun here in Salt Lake City, and uh, that's all I got today. Just June, good to see everyone. Good to see you, Tom. June 17th. I'll see you mm-hmm. in person. June 17th, exactly. Don't forget to leave comments on our website, forecastpodcast.com, or send us an email. You can email us at forecastpodcast at gmail.com. That's it for this episode of Forecast. We will see you in the future. Bye. Tell me 32 years away. Way. 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 Way.